1: Just a heads up, this episode deals with issues surrounding mental health and, in particular, suicide. If you need someone to talk to, you can give Lifeline a call on 13 11 14.
0: Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Wednesday, the 1st of March. Happy autumn, Zara. I'm Sam. It's an
1: oxymoron. I know. (laughs) It's not happy.
0: It's going to get cold. Now, in an Australian first, a class action case is being brought against the AFL over the long-term effects of concussion injuries. AFL is set for a showdown in the Supreme Court as 30 former
1: players launch a landmark class action over the impact of concussion.
0: Lawyers say the claim could involve hundreds of former stars and cost the league millions. The case raises questions about what protections are available to elite sports players as we learn more and more about the long-term risks of head injuries. The early development of dementia due to a condition known as CTE is now the most feared risk for millions of amateur and professional athletes across the globe. So is the risk associated with contact sport just part of the game? Or do injured players deserve compensation? We're going to discuss all of that in the deep dive, but first,
1: Sarah, the headlines. The federal government has announced plans to increase the tax it collects from those with more than $3 million in their super accounts. If this legislation passes Parliament, Aussies with over $3 million of super will be taxed at 30%. That's up from the current 15% from the 2025-26 financial year. And in case you were wondering, like me, how many people have more than $3 million in their super, it's less than 1% of Aussies who will be impacted by these changes.
0: A push to ban the use of crystalline silica in construction practices has been fast-tracked by Australia's workplace relations ministers who met yesterday to discuss the issue. Crystalline silica is found in engineered stone products and can cause a potentially deadly lung disease for people who inhale its dust particles. We did a deep dive on the issue last week. If you want to go back and have a listen.
1: Hong Kong will remove its mask mandate this week after being in place for almost 1,000 days. Hong Kong's leader John Lee made the announcement this week saying it was the right time to end the mandate and that it would send a clear message that Hong Kong would be returning to normalcy.
0: And today's good news, the northern lights have been seen in parts of southern England in a rare display this week. Strong solar activity and clear skies allowed the northern lights to be visible. A group of former players from the AFL men's and women's competitions are suing the league over the long-term effects of concussion injuries. This is the first time a class action of this kind has been brought against the AFL. And I just wanted to remind you before we go any further, a class action is a lawsuit which is brought on behalf of a group of people who are suing a defendant for the same or pretty similar reasons.
1: I think if you haven't ever played sport before, the idea of concussions and the severity at least of them is quite a foreign concept. It is to me at least. Can you talk me through what the actual health risks associated with concussions are? Well,
0: what was first important to note is that a concussion is not the same as getting knocked out. You mm-hmm. don't necessarily have to be unconscious to have sustained a concussion. You can okay. have a big knock to the head and be feeling unwell, dizzy, won't be able to stand up properly, blurred vision, and that can be a concussion without you having lost consciousness at one point. And I guess that's an important backdrop to say that everyone knows that contact sport is rough. But what we're learning about now is the severe long-term health consequences from brain injuries sustained in sport. And of particular concern is something called chronic traumatic encephalopathy or CTE, which is easier to say. And it's a disease caused in part by repeated brain injuries. Now, CTE symptoms only begin years after the injury is sustained. So it might not be until years after, or in some cases decades after, an athlete has finished playing that they develop symptoms of CTE. Now, where this presents a particular blind spot for the AFL, but also for every professional contact sport, is in how club doctors measure player health for an upcoming game. Because the problem here is that you can't immediately know what the long-term impacts of your concussion last weekend might be. And at the moment, if the player can pass a concussion test and can run and tackle and score and look fit, they're good to play. Now, the symptoms of CTE include things like mood swings, depression, paranoia, and anxiety. Most patients with CTE also go on to experience progressive disorders of thinking and memory, and this includes dementia. And CTE has been diagnosed in many former athletes worldwide who have died by suicide. Now, one of the difficulties in managing this particular disease is that right now, we can only diagnose it by autopsy after someone has
1: died. I remember hearing about this for the first time a couple of years ago um, when Danny Frawley died and Mm -hmm. I was having a conversation with my brother who is a psychologist because I had legitimately never heard of CTE before. Have there been many diagnosed, I guess, public cases of CTE?
0: There have been a few, and you mentioned Danny Frawley. He's the former St Kilda player. He died in 2019, and he was diagnosed with CTE after his death. There was also former Richmond player and professional boxer Shane Tuck, who died in 2020. He was also diagnosed with CTE.
1: Those two cases seem fairly recent, so it does feel like a a more recent thing that we're hearing about it. Definitely. To come back to the story this week and the reason we're talking about it today is that former footy players are suing the AFL over concussion injuries. While there's precedent for CTE, is there precedent for this sort of legal action?
0: Well, we have to go overseas to find an example of this kind of legal action. A high profile example that comes to mind is one from about 10 years ago when the NFL in the US agreed to a financial settlement after a class action was brought forward by thousands of players over concussion injuries. The final settlement was worth about 1 billion US dollars, and the average payout for players diagnosed with dementia was about 600,000 US dollars. Now, back here in Australia, we've heard a lot about concussion issues in both the AFL and NRL, but this is the first time there's been any sort of major class action brought against either of the codes.
1: Okay, so we have to look overseas to find examples. There's no domestic precedent. Do we have any understanding either based on those overseas examples or what experts are saying about how this case will actually fare, about what's going to happen?
0: Well, we've been hearing from the law firm that's going to be representing these athletes. It's going to be Margolit Injury Lawyers. This was managing principal at the law firm, Michelle Margolit, speaking on radio in Perth.
1: We continue to work with our clients to uh, prepare their cases and to gather their evidence and then to finally lodge the proceeding, which should occur in the coming weeks.
0: The players are going to seek compensation for loss of earnings and ongoing suffering due to their injuries, which Margolet expects to be in the hundreds of millions of dollars.
1: Okay, and so they're suing the AFL. Yeah. Has the AFL responded?
0: We reached out to them and they told us that they do take concussion and brain health very seriously and that some of the changes in the game have reflected that in recent times. We're talking about things like mandatory testing for concussion and recovery periods, They also said that they've strengthened the rules that penalise high contact and illegal tackles that endanger the head. They're also considering financial assistance for former players who are affected by serious injuries. But despite all of this, concussion does continue to be a big issue in the AFL. There's two current men's players, Adelaide's Paul Seedsman and Brisbane's Marcus Adams, who are placed on their club's inactive list, which means they're likely not going to play this year due to ongoing concussion symptoms. If we zoom out, it's also worth mentioning that a parliamentary inquiry into concussions and repeated head trauma in contact sport is currently underway. It's still in the early stages, but we should have a report from that in June. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see what it finds and recommends.
1: We'll be back right after this. So, Sam, I was looking at our comment section over the weekend and um, we posted about this story about AFL players suing the AFL Mm. and I was really interested by the comments. If I read one of them out, it says that's the risk you take with playing the game. Another one said people who play footy accept that they're going to have bad knees when they're older. Why are they not aware that in a sport that has head knocks there will be no ill effects? What would you say to that?
0: There's definitely a shift when you think about the AFL as a workplace and this being a workplace injury and this is their jobs and their livelihoods. There's also a shift when you think about the fact that a lot of players who are being diagnosed with CTE today played their professional sport decades ago where we had less knowledge about Mm. head injuries. What, so
1: you're saying people, if they had the knowledge now, might not enter that same sport or that same profession?
0: Definitely, that we know from research that parents are more sensitive about their kids playing contact sport and that there's more provisions needed at a junior level to reassure parents that their kids are going to be looked after. And also that there's more structures around the players professionally. I mean, there's famous stories about rugby players in the 70s being told to lead into tackles with their heads. So the game has changed and our knowledge has changed due to science. Zara will bring you those findings of the parliamentary inquiry and the court case as they develop throughout the year.
1: This episode has dealt with some difficult content, so if you need to talk about anything that's raised for you, you can give Lifeline a call on 13 11 14. We'll be back again tomorrow for another episode of The Daily Oz, but until then, have a great day.